Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be recapping 2021, man. I mean, the year is almost over. What an insane year it's been, and things are only going to get bigger in 2022. I mean, there's so many champions. There's so many aspiring contenders, prospects, everything to look at. We're going to talk about KO of the year, submission of the year, all those categories, plus a couple others that we uh, – you know, developed on our own, whether it's rookie of the year, stun of the year, jobber of the year, performance of the year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So to also talk about our best and worst bets. So Shaq, I'm pretty excited, man. It's been quite an interesting uh, 2021, my man. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, uh, we had the, the COVID year and, you know, a lot of pullouts, a lot of uh, late switch ups, a lot of guys coming in, you know, that, you know, quite honestly, probably didn't have that big of a name. And then right all of a sudden one year in the UFC, boom, they're, you know, in the rankings. So a lot of dudes are, you know, making big come ups and uh, I'm excited for 2022. I expect nothing, nothing but the same. Absolutely. So, I mean, let's get down to business. I mean, first up, well, let's give a, a shout out to our sponsor, Prize Picks, and then we'll do the list. So. Guys, in my opinion, prize picks is by far the easiest way to make money on daily fantasy sports. And you can get a 100% deposit match up to $100 using our code BATTLE. Um, so basically, in prize picks, it's you versus their projection. So you don't have to compete with thousands upon thousands of people. You see a projection you disagree with. I mean, the one I was hammering all year was they set the significant strikes landed too high for grapplers and do take advantage of these and other sports, combine sports, do what you got to do. So all half the battle listeners, you guys are going to receive that hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the code battle. Uh, prize picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market. You pick two to five players from any sport and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize picks has no sharks, optimizers or mass multi entry. It's literally just you versus their projection and they allow mixed sports entries. So take the over on. Well, now there's no MMA. So take the over on my boy Trey Young and uh, combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes and you should be looking at a nice little payout there. So. Um, <laughs> prize picks has a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they got a 4.8 star rating in the app store with great reviews so guys check out prize picks download the app or go to prizepicks.com and use that code battle for an 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks is the easiest funnest and most simplest way to make money on daily fantasy sports all right well Shaq, let's uh get down to business my man because first up the knockout of the year there were uh a lot of Big big knockouts. I know which one I think is the knockout of the year. I'm very I'm curious if you agree with me though. Who 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 you think gets a knockout of the year? Man, there's a lot of good options. Um, you know, I see the ones you got up here. Yeah, you know, Yuri over uh Dominic Reyes. I mean, that was a good KO. I mean, uh, you know, I had a bet on Yuri actually in that in that fight. I mean, Yuri's one of the most creative guys. I'm excited for his uh title fight coming up here against Glover Teixeira. I think he's one of the hardest guys to prepare for i mean you really don't know what he's gonna do he's all over the place um so i'm super excited for that fight that that one's definitely up there a couple of uh, personal ones that i liked was of course francis and ganu getting the heavyweight title against stipe uh, miocic in the rematch i mean that was a vicious knockout uh he looked great in that fight i mean even took stipe down had some ground and pound and finished it off with a vicious ko so that's up there we can't forget in the beginning of the year dustin poye i mean he knocked out conor mcgregor i mean that one had everyone off their seats that was a big shocker at the time but uh you know 
know, Dustin, that's what he does, the, the light, uh, lightweight KO King. And, you know, he's got a good knockout up there. So I, I would say those are, uh, I like that Ignacio one over, over Roosevelt too. I mean, that one, that was a beat down from start to finish. I mean, and then he finished it off with the spin kick. So, you know, the stakes were a little lower in there. You gotta, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, the, the stakes of the fight make the KOs a, a little better, but that was definitely a great KO. Um, can't think of any other ones. Uh, but other than that, man, I, there was a one I really liked. Uh, Alessio knocked out uh, Buckley earlier this year with like a vicious head kick. I mean, put him out stiff. I mean, he was he was out unconscious. That was another good one. But my KO of the year, I'm going to give it to Francis Ngannou knocking out Stipe Miocic to get his uh, heavy, to get his heavyweight title. I'd say a close second place is, is Poye and uh, McGregor. Yeah, I like those. Uh, there was one between Li Jingliang and Ponza Nibio. Uh, that KO. was a devastating KO. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Ignacio over Roosevelt Roberts, man, that was just, I mean, he sent him, he didn't just send him out the UFC, he sent him up two weight classes. <laughs> you saw uh, Roosevelt, you Roosevelt Roberts is fighting at like 70s now. So uh, yeah, and then there's another one we haven't mentioned, which is Corey Sanhagen knocking Frankie Edgar into the 10th dimension, man. I mean, like, that was when you hear Frankie Edgar talk about that knockout, uh, he says he's got, like, zero recollection of, like, even, like, wrapping his hands or, like, anything. Like, the dude, like, literally got knocked out. He's backstage, and he's asking his coaches, like, hey, like, in how long am I fighting? <laughs> and they're like, uh, uh, Frank, um, we got some bad news for you. And it kind of reminds me, like, back in the day, do you remember – um when this was in atlanta actually when michael made mcdonald knocked out miguel torres yeah like how vicious i was yeah. but back then they used to have like the ufc vlogs like the dana white vlog and yeah. like it would kind of go more in depth than they do these days and they showed like miguel backstage like not knowing what city he's in um he was saying that he was fighting um who, dude they were like do you know who you just fought he just fought mayday he said he was fighting someone that like <laughs> like he mentioned someone that like that wasn't even an opponent of his that he wasn't even fighting. Like that's, that's how, that's how fucked up he got. So like, yeah. Um, I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. Oh yeah. Because it reminds me of the Sanhagen Edgar, like how, like just all your memory is wiped from you. Um, Ignacio, listen, I thought Ignacio was a serious prospect for a while. Didn't go his way in his debut, but that knockout made up for a lot. And he could have got five of the night if he, uh, made weight for the MacDessie fight. So he could be sitting on a hundred K a year. Um, but my number one is Yuri Prohaska over Dominic Reyes. I mean, like when you talk about vicious knockouts, when you talk about emphatic, when you talk about just a candidate for knockout of the year and just something that sticks out, something that's going to be played on highlights for years to come. I mean, I think you talk about Yuri versus Reyes and I think that that entire performance leading up to the knockout is, is something to note as well. Like this guy's different. And oh, yeah, he, he whooped him from start to from start to finish. I'm excited to see him. I don't and know Glover. how he lost to McDessie, man, because, you know, if they rematched it, would. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, fi I find these cases happen often, man. It's like I was like we always talk about, like with Barella and Tyler Santos, yeah, like happens all the time. <sighs> those, that UFC <laughs> debut, sometimes they underperform. You know what I mean? Way, I mean so, yeah, yeah I, my, I'm going with Jerry. You're going with Francis for KO of the year. And everybody in the comments, like, let us know who y'all's pick is for uh, all these. Um, I saw someone say Yana's rookie of the year, but Yana's made his debut in tw year. 2020, so that ain't rookie of the year. But anyways, submission of the year. And there, there's a lot of here, – here are my top two. This is what makes it tough for me. For On one hand, you got Glover Teixeira 
you know, realizing that lifelong dream against Jan Blachowicz, becoming the champion, breaking the record for most submissions in light heavyweight history. I mean, that's got to be up there. But then my other one is like uh, Anthony Hernandez against Rodolfo Vieira. I mean, he was he was the biggest underdog on the card. Rodolfo Vieira was one of the most credentialed black belts in all of the UFC. In the world. So to not just beat him, but to submit him and not to put him to sleep but make him tap. I mean, <laughs> it's between Glover and Anthony Fluffy for me uh, on this one. Yeah, you know, uh, one of these is definitely in them. Um, you know, I I put Glover, you know, that whole Jan thing in a different category, which I guess we'll get to later. But um, my two were uh, Fluffy, you know, tapping out Rodolfo. I mean, is he a third degree black belt? Something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. I mean, serious black belt. Um, I mean, they call him the black belt killer. So, yeah. um, and my other one was uh, this prospect coming up who's actually top 15. That's Andre Muniz tapping out uh, Jacare. I mean, any of those two guys get tapped out, that's my submission of the year. And, uh, I mean, Andre Moniz, he's a third-degree black belt himself. I mean, he just tapped out a, a very durable guy in um, Eric Anders very easily. Uh, I'm excited for his uh, next fight. I know he's been trying to get this Darren Till fight, but, uh, you know, I'm assuming Till doesn't really know who he is. But, you know, uh, as long as he keeps working, I see a lot more submissions in this guy's future, and that's my sub of the year. If you can tap out Jacare Souza, I mean, the guy who uh, everyone deemed the best jujitsu in MMA, um, I think that's a, a huge statement, man. And he did it rather, rather easily, man. I mean, he was jumping the back and, you know, they said he was too high, but, you know, he, he ended up getting that arm and, you know, Jacare, uh, I think he broke him, matter of fact. So, you know, props to Andre Muniz. Another one, I know this might kind of be more of like a comeback of the year, but Marquez, uh, Julian Marquez against Patolo, like, dude was getting his ass whooped the entire fight. He, he looked fucking he he awful. Looked and then pulled out a beautiful guillotine choke in that third round. So another one I like is uh, my boy GM3. Man, he pulled out that sub. Yeah, which over, one? Uh, which man. one? <laughs> I mean, GM3 always pulls out a sub. But you know, I'm talking about the big upset against uh, Murata. Man, Murata was super hype. Floyd, money team, this and that. And I mean, GM3 took his beating like a man. Got dropped a couple times as he as he usually does, and he came back and uh, was able to get the submission. Also got a nice submission his last fight as well. People thought he was down on the cards. I you know I personally thought it was one to one, but you know it is what it is. But GM3 man, the all time submission leader at middleweight. I hope to see more submissions from him. Absolutely, everybody. Uh, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button and retweet uh, my tweet. Let everybody know that we're live right now let's get some more people in here so now let's talk about the fight of the year man i mean there's been some fucking great fights this year uh some i mean i feel like i say that every year that these are some of the best fights that we've seen in a long ass time um a couple that stood out to me look it's easy to do the chandler versus gaichi and and that's not to discredit it was a fucking great fight but i just feel like are you discrediting michael chandler i feel like that that, that's gonna be like everybody's number one so like i feel like there's other ways we can go um one of the ones i really liked that flew under the radar i thought was ponzinibbio versus baeza i thought that they just fucking went at it man and it looked like Baeza was really taking it to the Pons early. And Pons just caught this second gear, the second win, and just turned up. Like, it was like that meme where the dude's playing the video game. He's leaning back, but then he leans forward and, and kicks it into that next gear. And that's exactly what Pons did. So that's one of mine. Two that flew under the radar, uh, this kid, Mason Jones. I mean, he's had nothing fights, but yeah. amazing fights. His fight with Mike Davis was unreal. Um his fight with uh, David Onama, the newer kid, like that was a great fight. So 
those are two of the best fights of the year. And then I want to put Yan and Sanhagen there, but my only like hesitation is that I personally viewed it more one-sided than a lot of people did. Um, it was a great fight, but like when I think fight of the year, I kind of think more back and forth and I personally scored it four to one for Yan, but since Sanhagen took his whooping like a man, I guess we can put it up there. But what about Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, dude? Like after Max Holloway had, uh, I'm going to give out a, you know, a spoiler here, a performance of the year against Cater to go out there against Yair. And, you know, he's the biggest favorite of the card. He's like minus 800. And Yair put up a hell of a fight, man. Like Yair even won around unanimously. Actually, won the rules of 150-45. But According to one or two judges, Yair won around, and Yair just put up a hell of a fight. And yeah, so this is tough, man. Um, but I'm gonna go Holloway Rodriguez fight of the year. Yeah, my uh, you know, there's some good options. You know, it's actually funny because I kind of, you know, the Gaethje Chandler fight, which is probably everyone's, uh, <clears throat> you know, number one uh, fight of the year. I mean, yeah, you know, the first round was definitely entertaining, but personally, I thought the last two rounds were. You know, it was definitely a good fight. Dudes are trained, but it started to get a little ugly to me. I mean, it started to get one-sided. It started to get where I was feeling sad for Mike Chandler at one point. You know what I'm saying? Dana, Dana did too, by the way. <laughs> he got, you know, it was a good fight, but, I mean, Chandler got beat up badly. And, um, you know, uh, Mason Jones, like you said, has some good fights. Another fight I liked was uh, Marvin Vittori versus Paulo Costa earlier this year. I, that was, a. I mean, you got two big, heavy, you know, guys at 205 i mean the stunt paulo was pulling that fight week was, was something unimaginable you know and uh you know they went out there and delivered man they had a great fight um there's been so many great fights man um there was this one recently uh, lamos and hill that was a good not fight of the year but you know uh, a solid fight and what about volkanovsky versus uh Ortega, man, I'm not going to lie. Wolkanowski gave me a, a big heart attack in that uh, third. Was it the third round, I believe? Uh, I mean, I, I was <laughs> I almost lost my breath. I was like, Wolkanowski, don't. But other than that, man, he took care of business. But that third round made the fight, you know, incredible. And then the, the beat down Wolkanowski put down on him down the stretch was just, you know, uh, something to behold. So I think that's a good fight of the, uh, fight of the year. But my fight of the year, man, is going to be, uh, man, it's a tough one, but I'm going to say underrated Marvin versus Paulo Costa, man. I just really enjoyed the back and forth. I thought it was, you know, head kicks landed flush, you know, good left hands, uh, just good technical, like solid all around fighting. Um, you know, I, I feel like, like you, like you were saying, Yan was considerably up on the, on the cards in that fight. Um, you know, Jones and Mason Jones is definitely, gonna be a, a guy to watch in in the future here um but you know he 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 took care of onama down the stretch you know with the takedowns and things like that so i honestly think davis and jones might be like you know right up under there man so but i'm gonna go with the uh, marvin verse paulo costner so the fighter of the year and i man i really wanted it to be dustin Poirier, but it's got to be the guy that beat dustin Poirier for me it's charles dubronx Oliveira. i mean we're talking about the guy with the most submissions in ufc history and the first time i saw him fight in his debut against darren elkins i was like man this kid's special then you see his efrain escudero fight you're like god damn like what's this guy gonna turn into had all the ups I remember when he fought miles jury he did. dangled off his neck dangled off miles jury's <laughs> neck i mean like this guy's had the ups the downs he's always shown the glimpses of greatness it's just now He's finally put it together, and you're looking at a world champ, and I think he's the fighter of the year. I mean, the whole talk about he can't 
you know, overcome adversity. Will he overcome overcame adversity in both his title fights? I mean, he definitely got dropped against Poirier. I don't know if you consider the the Michael Chandler one a knockdown, but I consider it him getting rocked at least. But like, came back in both those fights and finished them emphatically. And he's dominating guys. He's not just catching people with flashy moves. He's coming out here dominating, start to finish for the most part. With a rough moment here and there, he can overcome it. I think Charles Dubronx Oliveira is the 2021 fighter of the year. Yeah, I mean Charles Oliveira was gonna be my choice as well, but just to 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 go uh, differently a little bit, man. I'll say, uh, man, I'll say Glover Teixeira. I mean, the three was the Anthony Smith one, twenty twenty one. I'm not sure. It might have been late twenty twenty. I'm not sure, but um, just his last three performances, man, have been domination. Like, just come out here, get the takedown, and absolutely break the guy. The whooping he put on Lionheart Smith, and we know the type of heart Lionheart has. Then the Tiago Maheda fight, easy work. You know, got dropped a couple of times as as uh, Glover likes to do occasionally. But you know, uh, even then, the the Blakovich fight, the execution in that fight, the game planning in that fight was, you know, second to none, man. I mean. I would have never believed at 42 years old he would have been out here, you know, beating these, uh, I mean, the way Jan had been looking, beating uh, Adesanya, Dominic Reyes. I mean, Jan had been looking the best he ever had, and Glover Teixeira just keeps proving people wrong. Big underdogs every fight, and he just keeps on dominating these guys, man. So he's my uh, fight of the year just to go opposite, but I'm interested to see who keeps that bell longer between the two. You know, Charles has got you know, Gaethje coming up, or maybe not. I heard he uh, <laughs> wants that uh, that red panty night from uh, Conor McGregor. And then Glover's got Yuri, so I'm excited to see who uh, keeps their belt longer. Absolutely. Man, I-, I can't wait to see that as well. And, I mean, Glover Teixeira, another guy. You know, it's funny because it's like there was a fight between Alonzo Menafield and William Knight, and they're both, like, 34, 35 years old. And people are talking about, like, you know, these guys are older and it's like, well, dude, the champ in that weight class is 42. So I think Glover can inspire a lot of people that, you know, it's not it's not I mean, too late. Black you know? was like 38, not like, you know, so he was old, too. Exactly. So it's exciting um, when you got all these young guys in that weight class, whether it's Rockage, whether it's Jamal Hill, whether it's Yuri uh, Prohaska, like um that even if these guys don't touch gold now, which they, they they might, but even if they don't, like they got plenty of time. Like Glover's forty two, so it's really inspiring. So I I agree with you on that one. Uh, the breakout fighter of the year. So this guy is not the fighter of the year, but this is a guy that you know the way he started twenty twenty one compared to the way he ended twenty twenty one is night and day. That's what you consider uh, a breakout fighter or a breakthrough fighter. Like I, like a year or two ago, the breakthrough fighter had to have been Jan Blahovich. I mean, he completely turned things around and um, you know got to the position he's in. But now I actually think my breakout fighter of the year is Bilal Muhammad. I mean, the way he started this year, you guys remember he had his first ever main event with Leon Edwards and he, you know, uh, Bilal was ranked either number 10, number 12, something like that. And the fight didn't go his way. He got eye poked badly. They had to stop it. You saw the emotions pour out of him because he felt like, fuck, I just blew my big opportunity. Like now I'm never going to get a main event again. Now I'm never going to get another big fight. Like I fucking blew it. And I mean, then the guy goes out there, beats Damian Maya, who was number 10 at the time, beats Wonder Boy, who was number five at the time. So Bilal Muhammad starts the year like number 13, ends the year number five in the world. And it's only going to be big fights from here on out for him. Bilal Muhammad is my breakout fighter of the year. 
Yeah, you know, that's a good choice. Uh, I had a couple in mind. I was thinking either, you know, Assassin Baby Moreno. I mean, props to that kid, uh, you know, winning the belt, beating Figueredo. And, you know, we get to see the uh, trilogy coming up here. I'm super excited for that fight. But Moreno, man, I mean, that guy, you know, got cut from the ufc uh worked his way back and i mean since he came back i mean he's been putting it on guys put it on kai car france put it on davison even though you know there might have been some uh some factors behind the scenes but hey he put it on davison uh, held his ground in the first fight as well um you know and, and uh the brandon roy vall fight i mean this kid was fighting very frequently and he was putting in finishes i mean he was putting in work so and now he's a the a Mexican champion, uh, like actually from Mexico. So, you know, uh, that's a big that's a big deal, man. We'll see what happens in this uh, in this uh, trilogy, man. So he's gonna be my breakout fighter of the year. I mean, being a Mexican champion that's a that's a big thing, huge deal. So now the uh, performance of the year. So this is just you know who went out there and you, you talk about performance of the night there's been a performance of the night every event well now we're talking about performance of the year this guy topped all the performances we saw all year and it just happened to be i think the first or second event of the year and that was max holloway against calvin cater going out there and throwing the most strikes in ufc history possibly changing the trajectory of calvin cater's career that's about to that remains to be seen but calvin cater was a guy who was super promising, man. I mean, I remember the first time I saw Calvin fight, I was like, this guy can be a future top five guy. He turned out to be a future top five guy, but he finally met his match. And I actually thought it was going to be this competitive back and forth striking match where, you know, uh, Holloway's got the more volume. Cater's got the more power shots. You know, what do you favor more here and there? This was a pillar to post ass whooping start to finish. Like just to give you, just to put into perspective, Max Holloway landed more strikes in round four than Tyron Woodley's landed in the last 10 years. So, I mean, if that's not performance of the year, I don't know what is. But my honorable mention for uh, um, performance of the year is Volkanovsky over Ortega. Volkanovsky already showed the unbelievable faint game he has. Um, it, you know, it's easy to sit here and just be like, oh, he's so technical. But it's like, why is he technical? That faint game is disgusting. You think he's about the jab, then he low kicks. You think he's about the low kick, he throws hooks up top. You're waiting for these strikes, he mixes in takedowns. I mean, but then it's like, well, yeah, what kind of heart does this guy have? Like, is he, you know, it's it's easy to be, in, you know, to look good when you're in control all the time. But how do you do when, when you're the nail? This guy was in a locked-in mounted guillotine against arguably the best submission artist at featherweight and he gritted it out he gritted out a spot where many men i mean do you remember when moicano was one-to-one going into the third round against uh t-city and you remember what happened there yeah this is what separates the champs from the contenders from the prospects from whatever like so i thought volkanovsky not only having the output he had putting on the performance he did but overcoming the adversity he did i mean that's yeah. that's gotta be my honorable mention for performance of the year right if holloway versus cater never happened volk would be my performance of the year so holloway versus cater that's number one performance of the year number two performance of the year volk versus ortega for me yeah you know my performance of the year was is gonna be uh two of them you know i like glover over yan i mean I, you don't really see too many yeah. title fights that easy i mean where it's just smooth smooth sailing i mean like i said the game planning the execution was just on point don't even 
don't even uh, let them, you know, trade left hooks and, and feel that legendary Polish power. Just grab them right off the bat. Um, it was kind of similar to what um, Muhammad did against Wonderboy, you know, just come out and, and start grappling right away. Um, and my um, other performance of the year is Peter Jan versus Aljo. I mean, you know, he, I mean, Aljamain got a, a, a you know, a serious beating. He got a fight. tour of the <laughs> I mean, we, we saw who won the wrestling exchanges. I'm looking forward to the, uh, rematch should be announced here soon uh and i you know i, I wish the best of luck to aljo we'll, we'll get into him later here but you know that was my performance of the year i mean you know I, I would be scared to fight peter yan as well i i definitely understand but you know when you're aljo and you say the things that you usually do you or know that he's still <laughs> that he's, he's still, still saying that he's still saying you know we we expect a certain level of uh I guess bravery, I guess, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, but that's my performance of the year. Pretty much every Peter Yan fights a, a performance of the year. The Sanhagen fight, the way he went about that. I mean, he stood on the outside with Corey Sanhagen and won. So, uh, you know, so rookie of the year. So rookie of the year, that means they had to make their UFC debut in 2021. So everybody's saying Adrian Yanez. Nope. He made, he, excuse me. He made his debut. In 2020, he cannot be the rookie of the year. He's one of the brightest prospects, you know, future contenders to look out for. I can agree with that, but he is not rookie of the year. Rookie of the year for me, it's a no-brainer. It's Bruno Blindado Silva. I mean, when you come into the UFC, and first of all, this guy was supposed to make his debut a couple years back against Deron Wynn, and he was coming off knockout wins in Russia as a Brazilian, goes to Russia, wins a belt, knocks out. Alexander Shlomenko knocks out uh, Artem Frolov, comes to the United States, makes his debut uh, this year. Three devastating, vicious, brutal knockouts. I mean, that's how you claim your stamp. That's how you let people know that, hey, I want to be a future top 15 guy. I want to be a serious contender. And his next fight's not going to be a picnic either. I mean, he's fighting one of the greatest kickboxers in the world today uh in Pereira is next fight so um that's Alex uh, Alex Pereira that's, that's his yeah. name right yeah the, the dude the that, guy knocked, that knocked out Jacoby and Adesanya that, that guy <laughs> yeah uh, um so Blindado's fighting him but that's in 2022 2021 Bruno Blindado I mean three for three three emphatic KOs and showed overcame adversity in the Andrew Sanchez fight showed that he's ready to at least be a top 20 guy if not a future top 15 guy Bruno Blindado Silva is my rookie of the year yeah Blindado dude's got some vicious power ground and pound even a black belt in the in the jiu-jitsu as well I'm excited for that fight with Pereira man I feel like somebody's gonna go to sleep <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens but uh, man this is a tough one for me I you know I the one guy I was going to say, you know, he he didn't start off 2021 um, the best. He actually lost his first two fights, and that was, that's a Manel KP. You know, he lost to two top six, seven guys. I mean, Nicolau is as talented as it gets, you know, other than you know, the only flaw he has is his, his chin. Other than that, man, his game is solid. And then the uh, Pantoja fight, who we already seen what Pantoja did. A debut done. versus Pantoja. Yeah, they, I mean, we already saw what Pantoja did to the champ assassin, baby. I mean, it got ugly. Two, two times. Two times. <laughs> it got real ugly. Um, so, you know, no shame in that. I mean, he, he was right there with those guys. I mean, neck and neck with those guys, man. So he bounced back with a uh, 
two finishes over two good guys too, man. Um, Osborne, who's going to be around for a while, maybe Zalgas not, but, you know, still treated him accordingly, got him out of there. And I think he's setting himself up for a big 2022. Uh, you know, I know uh, the flyweight division, man, that, that division is very underrated. Like you got a lot of guys in there, a lot of guys looking to make uh some some noise. I, I love the mark that Henry Cejudo left on that division, man. He he's like encouraging these guys. Y'all gotta speak up, man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta. And I feel like every fly not every flyweight, but a lot of the flyweights are making that effort, man. They're making that effort to to you know create buzz and things like that. So you know uh, that was uh one option for rookie of the year. The other option I had was um Blanchfield, man. She really impressed me yes. that last fight. I was like, whoa, like. You know, I was expecting a, a, a close split decision type of fight, man. And she went out there in 30-26, maybe. I mean, it was an absolute beatdown, man. So, you know, I, I was a little confused on why everyone was so hype on um, Maverick in the past, you know, in past fights. But, you know, uh, Blanchfield went out there and, and showed everyone why. And she's only like 22 years old, man. She's got such a, a, a long road ahead of her. And she's already this good, man. So, Look out for her. Yeah, Blanchfield. I mean, oh my God, I've been blown away by her. And yesterday, I actually did uh, Z's show. Shout out to Rockstar Z. And we were talking about uh, our best bets of the year. And I, you know, the first two I mentioned, which I'll mention when we get to our best bets, I stand by. But the third one, I, I said Sergio Pettis over Horaguchi at plus 160. But I take that back. Um, and let's replace that with Aaron Blanchfield against Maverick at plus 135 odds. Start to finish domination at dog money uh aaron blanchfield so yeah i mean she is one of the rookies of the year she she's this girl's special man so look look out for her and especially with the way people were regarding miranda maverick uh going into that fight as if she was the future champion well i think you know the narrative has uh reversed itself all right so jobber of the year um i got two options i think you might have someone that's not on my list but if not I, we're allowed to agree on these two man i mean that i'm about to mention but i'm curious do you by chance have a jobber of the year that isn't one of the two that i'm about to mention um no those are the those are the two i had one i had one more you know sterling that doesn't even need to be said woodley that that's like honestly one of the sadder cases and i've, I've seen that coming a whole <laughs> i mean yeah, well, you know, Hunsucker's a nice guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you Take know? it easy on the Hunsuck. Uh, you know, but we expect that from him, you know what I'm saying? Um, we're not talking about a former UFC champion out here getting starched by kids that used to wear makeup on, on Disney Channel and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and you put it on your mom and you still get knocked out and you're trying to be this, you know, new, hip, you know, young dude. Like, bro, like, you're 40, like, just... Yeah, you know, he he's in the running. My uh, my um, you know, so those two JP Byes was in there as well. <laughs> uh, that's uh that, when life comes at you hard. Uh, I wasn't even going to get to the to the latter part, but just the fact he got dropped so many times in two fights. <laughs> Granted he did fight Bruno Bulldog and Montel. That's no easy. There's no easy first two fights, but And Joby Sanchez finished them. Yeah, but then when you add the the other stuff, I mean, it's like, yeah, man. You know, maybe I should feel sorry for him. I don't know. <laughs> like, and we pray you have a fruitful 2022, JP. Yeah, you know, but, um, you know, Mackie Patolo's in there. I mean, how many times have we had to see this kid, uh, you know, touch guys up and then get tapped out? Uh, 
who else is there? Uh, I mean, there's so many, man. Um, a lot of guys do that, man. But, yeah, those those are going to be my jobbers, man. Sterling is just – I just want to get this rematch over with so we could just, like, go ahead and take the belt off him. Um, but Wood, Woodley's got to be the ultimate one because it's like you're trying to, like – and I could see, I mean, I've been telling you about this guy for how long now? Like, for years. I mean, remember when we saw him at the hotel? <laughs> like, this is when he was champ, guys. Like, I wasn't on him. Like, I was like, bro, this guy, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to work out, man. He thinks he's a victim mentality, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, he, and it's like you're, you're, you're trying to fight Jake Paul about your mom and you didn't even, like, doing, like, no one even touched your mom, said anything to her, like, it's just a bad look and then you know you 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 get on here and you make the memes and and all that stuff and you know it's fun and it's fun and games and all that stuff but it's like you're a former ufc champion like where's you sound bad bad. like you you beat robbie lawler like carlos condit like you know how bad of a look this is you know and i just don't think he quite understands like how bad he how down bad he is but you know we wish him the best i know he's not retired um he will be back in mma 2022 if he wants to box us you know i'll find by me but i'm expecting him to see him in one of these leagues uh in 2022 whether that's pfl NFC, pfl <laughs> uh, bellator uh one fc you know, maybe Eagle Eagle FC is is booming. That's the new hot promotion. Oh, right I can't I can't wait to see Woodley fight a Magomedov. <laughs> you know, let's uh let's get Woodley in there with the one of Khabib's Russians. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? So you know, I think the thing that when you talk about like a fall from grace, I think what separates a guy like Woodley ver- versus like someone like BJ Penn, because you know people talk about BJ Penn's just need drinks. And well, 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 <laughs> like people talk about tarnishing legacies and stuff like that. Oh, so like. Okay. When I think about BJ Penn's legacy, and I'm thinking about the incredible performances he had uh, at, at, against the best guys in the world at the time, you know, the way he destroyed Sean Shirk, the way he destroyed Kenny Florian, Diego Sanchez. I know Diego's a joke now, but at the time he was the number one guy. Um, the way he went up a weight class, finished Matt Hughes for the belt, um, the way the, the, the fact that the guy moved up to heavyweight and fought Leota Machida. Like, so, like, BJ Penn, like, all that stuff that he accomplished. Like I can still go back and watch uh, him knock out Matt Hughes in 20 seconds, and I can still go back and truly appreciate the greatness he had. Whereas with T Wood, you go back to his title reign. I mean, I I've talked about this many times when he was fighting Maya and Wonder Boy. Oh, I, I mean, I, I had to check for pulse. We had to make sure that Shaq was still alive <laughs> during those fights, man. So it, so I think really there's a massive that. difference when you talk about tarnishing your legacy. You know, from a guy like BJ, who his great moments will live on forever. Whereas Tyron, while he was champ. what great moments right (laughs) so that's why i think that it's between t wood who completely destroyed his legacy and anything he ever had but aljo just acting like a you know it's hard to call a pro fighter the word i want to use because the dude will whoop my ass but the way he's acting it's like dude you like if aljo would have straight up been like you know what man like peter you're the champ. You take this. But you remember, you know, you know who's honorable. Do you remember in the WEC when uh, Chael Sonnen fought? Uh, what's the guy's name? Paulo Filo. Paulo Filo. And it was for a title fight. Paulo Filo missed weight. Um, and it was at the now. Nowadays, if someone misses weight in a title fight, 
the guy that didn't miss weight is eligible for the belt. But back in the day, if if the champion missed weight, um, no one if any, no one would fight for the belt, right? But Paulo Filo was man enough to actually ship the belt over to uh, Chael Sonnen and be like, dude, like you're you're the real champ. Whereas if Aljamain Sterling did a similar, you know deed if he did something like that if he did a gesture like that then was like hey like peter like you know i I, you're an idiot for illegally needing me but you were whooping my ass and like you're the champ if aljo came out like that like do you know how much respect we'd have for him to be a man to admit that but instead you know the guy's taking the selfies with the belt and and acting like oh i'm gonna teach this russian a lesson and now and now he's calling him a juice head now we're making accusations but uh you know it's just uh he didn't know whether to go full heel with it or he still doesn't know be honorable and you know we saw you fake it on the canvas there and you know but aljo we you know enjoy that belt we'll peter will see you in a uh in a few months man (laughs) i mean if they just go ahead and strip aljo and promote peter i'm down with that too yeah but no we want him we want him to to feel we want him to feel but is he gonna show up um well, if he doesn't, he gets stripped. So, because you know. I mean, <laughs> TJ Dillashaw has been owned, has been owed an ass whooping here for a little yeah, bit. He so. has been running his mouth as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Said, but you know. All right. So, jobber of the years. I mean, look. Like, yeah, we can talk about the Patolos and the you know this and that and the that, but like the big name Sterling uh, Tyron Woodley, jobber of the year, stunt of the year. So that. Uh, what, what do you what do you what do you think well see my definition of a stunt is just you know uh like either a someone is clearly winning and you know they just make a fatality type of mistake where you know like maki Batolo fights you know things like that or sarah mcmahon you know where she dominates <laughs> 10 minutes and then you know uh <laughs> where, where where do you rank would you consider Aljo versus Peter a stunt. No. That's more of just quitting. That's just a quit job. Okay. Um, so so now we're talking more in terms of the Mackie Patolos. This is where you have a better fighter who, you know, is clearly the better fighter, but she is either A, unprepared, she is B, tired after two minutes. Uh, Amanda, <laughs> Amanda, Amanda <laughs> Nunes? You know, just <laughs> things like uh, along those sides. Like, look, somebody just typed in Brendan Allen Allen. That was a stunt against Curtis. Phil Hawes, that was a, like, you mean to tell me he hits you with one left hand and you're already that unconscious? Well, he's got no chin in all fairness. <laughs> but, but it's like Chris Curtis, like, if you watch him on tape, he seems more of like a bo- volume boxer, but I guess uh, at 185, he, he's knocking these. Oh, when your chin ain't the best. <laughs> Or uh, you know, it's it's uh you know Phil Hawes, Brendan, um, machine Muradov against GM three. I mean, what the hell was that? I mean, he drops him like three times and then literally like gets t- exhausted to the point where he can't his corner is like telling him mock mock mood, come on, and he, he's like exhausted. I, I got I got a good one. What about Mirsad Bektich against Damon Jackson? Yeah, you know, things like that where it's like he's forcing the takedowns for what reason? How about you punch him in the head? Oh, wait, because he's got no chin. Um, you know, things like that. Or, you know, Orly Alves against, uh, against uh, what's the kid's name? Jeremiah Wells. He's a huge favorite. He, I mean, you know, I think he's still the better overall fighter. It's just Orly pull stunts, man. Those That's what a stunt is. You got a better fighter, but for whatever reason, he 
just you know he can't get it together man that's like what the Razak was going through for a while man he was losing a freaking what's the kid's Jacob name Malcolm. yeah like J- like 30 25 and 6 and stuff like that man it was like bad um so yeah i think uh stun of the year you know nunez and peña yeah i mean look nunez i mean we could go so many stunts man nunez uh juliana's in two of these because mcmahon had whooped up on peña for like a good 10 to 12 minutes man <laughs> and like took her down whenever she wanted to beat her on the feet um then all of a sudden juliana you know that dog kicked in and and uh sarah found the found the way out now i personally think nunez underestimated Pena. i think uh you know she I mean when you win and you win and you win and you know we've seen it time and time yeah, again. And at times i've seen her in the, the gdr fight that was the one fight where i wasn't impressed at all the other fights those girls really you know i mean they're like felicia spencer like you know <laughs> like, she's retired like come on uh holly home that's a good finish you know she but uh when she i guess in the gdr fight when she had to go the full five i mean she she was huffing and puffing i mean she she had to resort to being an ankle diver in that fight so you know um I mean, the signs, I guess, were there. You just can't ignore them. But, yeah, I mean, Nunez, let's see if we get the belt back in the rematch. Um, I have a feeling this this Pena trash talk might might uh, might be getting to her a little bit, man. Pena's got a, a, a loud, Pena's spicy mouth. <laughs> Dude, her mouth is, she will say anything, man. Uh, she, she's got that personality, man. I, I like, I've always liked Juliana. I always thought she gets subbed a lot, but, you know, other than that, like, she's a good fighter, tough, um, a lot of heart. So, you know, yeah, I guess that would be the stun of the year. But honorable mention, Phil Hawes. Um, you got, uh, I mean, look at some of Edmund Shabazzian's <laughs> fighting in Nasserty. He's doing it again. <laughs> Edmund, wait. <laughs> Edmund, don't. Uh, you know what happens when Edmund starts clinching ha, against that fence. <laughs> has Michael Johnson fought this year? Oh, what about Sean Soriano? Sean Soriano. Against, um, what's that Chinese cool about? I don't know how to say his name, but. Uh, the the know, tough guy. Yeah, the tough Chinese guy. And, I mean, the stunt, first round, great takedown defense, man. I mean, he was popping back up, and then. Um, <laughs> and then it happened again, you know. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people might disagree with this, but and this is gonna be a this is gonna be a uh, some people are gonna think it's a bad take, but I still think Angela Hill did it again, man. Like, you know, in that fight with Lamos, like I thought that fight was there for for the taking, just like the, the Gadelia fight, the whatever fight she didn't lost a split decision, and I feel like she didn't do enough again, man. But you know, people will disagree, man. So the reason I got to go with Nunez versus Pena is because it's like, okay, it's one thing to lose to the superior fighter, but when I'm seeing these striking exchanges and like that's like (laughs) when Juliana's got no hands and Amanda's like eating every shot clean and then on the ground, it's like, you know, it's one thing to get submitted, but like when you're tapping out to no hooks, rear naked chokes that aren't even fully locked in. And the reason why I bring that up, it's like I'm not debating that Juliana doesn't have a vice grip. To me, it's like, well, you're the champion. How badly do you truly want to defend your belt? Like, I know people that are willing to die in there. I know that Peter Yan, you better get more than two hooks in and a locked in choke to get this guy to tap. You understand what I'm saying? So the fact that Nunes was so willing to say you know what let's live to fight another day when it didn't even seem like that dire of a situation she was exhausted 
yeah, she was tired, but like I've seen plenty of people tired, man, and come back, and it's just you know she's not used to being that nail, man. She's yeah, well, she yeah. didn't want the belt bad yeah. enough. So, uh, congrats, Juliana. All right, contenders to look out for in 2022. This means that these guys are ranked, um, and therefore they are contenders. So, um, I'm gonna pull up the rankings just so we can see. I'm gonna read off my my list uh, really quickly. So. You know, contenders, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Jamal Hill. I mean, I've said it since day one. I don't see 205ers with the kind of output he has, but he's also shown he's got that one-punch knockout power. He's got the length. He's six foot four with the 80-inch reach. He's got a good mindset for the game. You saw how he handled his first defeat. I mean, he said all the right things. He gave all the credit to Paul Craig. He even had the courage to admit that I disrespected the game. Like when you hear guys talk like that, that's signs of maturity. And you see how he rebounds against a guy in Jimmy crew. who They yeah, had Jimmy crew might get hit a lot, but Jimmy crew is a durable ass dude that is going to be in your face for all 15 minutes. And the fact that he got him out of there the way he did, uh, Jamal Hill is one of my, um, uh contenders to look out for in 2022 and then guys like arnold allen who i've always been high on so deke yusuf and don't sleep on yair rodriguez either so th those are my main ones uh for sure yeah man i got a quite a few um in terms of people that i actually think could fight fight for uh titles you know you know it's so funny this girl man she I don't understand. She lost to Mary Barella, but I actually think she might fight for a title later this year. And that's uh, Santos. I mean, she I think she probably needs like one more win, maybe two. I, I pretty much got her over everyone in that division, except, you know, Valentina. Look, uh, she's right here. Yeah. So um, she's probably going to fight like Lauren Murphy next or something like that. So, you know, yeah, I think Tyler Santos is uh, going to fight for a title. I see. um you know, Blanchfield and these girls cracking the rankings. Another girl I like is Carol Rosa. She's got a, she's about to crack the top 10. She's fighting Sarah McMahon. Um, as far as the guys, I like Arnold Allen. I've been a huge fan of his since, uh, since his debut, since he tapped out that, uh, what's his name? Alan Omer, uh, comeback submission. Um, and, um, uh, Mads Burnell too. Mads Burnell, but the Alan Omer, he was like 20, 21 years old. Yeah. You know, tapped it. He lost the first two rounds, came back and won by uh submission i like yusuf um uh ankaleev you know he's got a big fight against tiago santos uh tiago santos coming up here um jamal hill i personally think he's gonna knock johnny walker out this next fight um man it's a it's a it's a lot of guys man um i got one for you manel cape manel cape or manel cap the, excuse me manel cape is in the running um chito vera chito vera as far as uh, flyweights, I like Nicolau to make a, a a little creep up if he can just avoid the uh, the chin getting touched. And, you know, um, there's a lot of guys out there. But those ones I said earlier are the, the ones I see, you know, the ones I first mentioned. I see, like, actually getting high up in the rankings. Um, Gamrod, Gamrod, man, that wrestling style, he, he's got his very physique. I mean, these guys. Fazeev, that dude, scary, man. Lightweight, man. I'm telling you right now, lightweight, man. It's the best it's been in like, a long time. These dudes, like, man, I hate to say it, but, like, even, like, Poye, Darius, Chandler, Ferguson, like, these older guys, man, these kids coming up right now. Are... All I got to say is if you look at the right <laughs> rankings right now, look at six, Dos Anjos, seven, Ferguson, eight, Hooker, nine, McGregor. 
all those guys are about to yeah, like because be ushered right out now gamrot is nothing to play with this kid joel alvarez he's i guess he's unranked now but he was number 15 i guess they took him out just because he but, uh, yeah but that kid oh my that kid is vicious um like uh Sarukian. I mean these these guys are, I mean those are just even Brad Riddell coming off a loss yeah, don't sleep I mean, on all him. these guys are are solid man like these new wave of fifty fivers coming up is very dangerous. Um I like uh, Featherweight Giga Chikadze. Yeah, yeah. Chikadze, um Josh Emmett just Ev- Evloyev Teporia my boy Mazar, man, that kid you know he's an I called right? him uh, little Khabib from day one. Now I'm not saying he's gonna be a Khabib, but the and shout out to Mazar's brother for winning the Olympics in wrestling. Um, like this kid's scrambling ability, transition ability. I mean, you ever seen I know that third round got a little sketchy versus uh first I would do, but the first two, I mean, that was so many mat returns, man. I mean, no wonder he got a little tired. Um I'm very impressed with that kid. I'm excited for that fight with the for with the Tapori. No doubt about it. Um, a couple of other mentions. My boy Marab, my boy Marab's top six. Shout out, Marab had a honorable fight of the year, man. Versus Marlon, I almost thought he was dead for a second, <laughs> <laughs> and he came back. Yeah, I think that kid Suma Darji has got a lot of talent. Um, so there, yeah, there's a lot I of people. Him and uh, Cody. <laughs> Uh, no comment. <laughs> I, I wanted to say something. I'm going to keep it to myself. Um, so those were the contenders to look out for. Now we got to talk about prospects to look out for. That means that these guys are unranked. Um, so I, I pulled up the entire roster. Uh, now one that comes to mind is Mason Jones and then also the kid that he just fought, uh, Onama. I very like for oh boy, Ugandan power for prospects like i was very impressed and then there's two guys making their debut sorry about that there's two guys making their debut on this uh first card um joe anderson brito he actually kind of reminds me of like a featherweight hybrid of like figueredo and yoel romero he's just got this crazy athleticism um he can knock people out he can wrestle he's physical as hell comes from team noguera uh, excuse me sorry comes from shoot box um, so look out for him. And then there's another one, a uh, Clayton Rodriguez, who um, he's the one that comes out of Team Noguera. And the guy, the guy reminds me of like what we wanted Thomas Almeida to be. Like he's got the beautiful, violent combinations, except he can take a punch, he can wrestle, he's he's physical, he can do it all. He's de- he's nasty. So those are some guys uh, coming up that are prospects that I think are going to do well. And then there's a, a, a whole bunch of other guys, man. So let's look at some of these lists and see who are these unranked guys you think. Uh, I like this kid, uh, Shavkat, man. He's fighting oh, Charleston yeah. Harris. That guy's really good, too. Um, you know, Shavkat, that dude is nothing to play with. I know the first two might have been a little easy, but we're going to see what's up against um, Carlston because Carlston, he put it on uh, his two opponents, man. Finished them both. So that's going to be a good fight. Um Man, I like this fight coming up at 205. Uh, the winner is going to be back in, in line. That's Jacoby versus uh, Lord Mikal. I mean, the winner of that fight, I think, is going to be ranked. Um, but, yeah, man, there's a lot of guys. Uh, Daun Jung. Yeah, he's unranked. Um, William Knight. Chaos Williams. Oh, Chaos uh, Williams. Yeah, look out for him. You know, like. 
there, there's there, there's a couple other ones. Hold up, we're we're looking at literally the entire uh, UFC roster. I wouldn't sleep on Muradov yet either, man. Just because he had one L, like I wouldn't sleep on him. Uh, Nasruddin, Imovov, but he was more on the contenders. That's more. Uh, that's who they thought. Mur- that's who they wanted Muradov to be, man. What about Drikas Duplessis? I need to see more. Um, Chris Curtis, man, he breakthrough. He's a, he should have got some votes for breakthrough fighter of the year. I mean, yeah, we've been knowing about his ass for a long ass time, and now all of a sudden, two and two KOs. Like, my boy's been doing his thing. Um, I'd love to see uh, Jared Nitrain good and not fucking fight Randy Brown type guys. And oh, another guy, man, and build up his. I think Randy Brown for contenders, yeah. I think he he was not ranked, so I think uh, he might finally, after all these years, creep into the rankings this year. Um, I mean, he's paid his dues. He's fought, you know, a lot of tough guys. I know he's trying to get this fight with Kiesa, but Kiesa, um, you know. Kiesa (laughs) picks and chooses his fights. You know, Kiesa's trying to ignore him, but, you know, he's just going to have to get a win. But I really think he's got the skills. So eventually being the top 15, very experienced, like he, he's paid his dues. Man, that 155 division is, is something serious. I, I'm curious to see if Demiris Magulov comes back. Yeah. Uh, that kid is nothing to fuck with. Um, obviously, we mentioned Mason Jones. I like this kid, Patty Pimblett. I know people are trying yeah, to act like, like he's all hype, but nah, dude, can Patty can fight. Trust me. He And his personality is fucking yeah, hilarious, like, too. He gets people to talk about him. I like... Um, Zurong and Ignacio, they actually, I guess they're not fighting. But. Yeah, Ignacio. Oh, and real quick, I think that Patty Pimlet's a much better prospect than Terrence McKinney. Y'all can quote me on that. Oh, so speaking of which, Fares Yam's a guy we got to yeah. look out for. But yeah, Zurong, he he kind of did something similar to, uh, similar to what Ignacio did in his debut. The debut against Kazula was just he didn't really... I don't know what the hell was going on. And then the second fight looks amazing. So I'm excited to see. And he's only 21 years old. I'm excited to see that uh, that fight with Ignacio. Um, I think Billy Quarantillo can have a lot of exciting fights, man. I mean, that fight he had with Shane Burgos was unbelievable. Um, so I expect him to have more fights of the night. Um, so my boy Sabatini been doing his thing, man. He's, that's right. he's slight, uh, quietly undefeated Ooh, my, in the my UFC. Boy Melsic, Sean Woodson, look out for them guys, man. Yeah, uh, no questions asked. Um, is this kid Benito Lopez ever going to fight again? No, I don't think so. And then Montel Jackson, as soon as he decides to stop partying, which will never happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's like he's being praised oh, for. Don't talk, don't talk about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because we might have to hear from him. Yeah, because tweet at tweet at you. Yeah, but this this time I'll this time I'll be ready for it though. But um, anyways, man, I like that guy. Uh, man, is he had a nice comeback win? Man, he got floored by um, Tony Gravely. Tony Gravely's like strong as fuck too. Like, and uh, he came back in that second round and ended up knocking him out. So that was a good one. Long bantamweight too. What about these guys? Umar Nurmagomedov, yeah, Sergey Morozov, that guy Morozov, no a- Adrian Yanez. Damn, he's fighting De Silva. Um, I'm still on the fence about the Saeed Kakramanov guy. Like, let's let's see how he performs against um, uh, Kelleher. That'll let us know a lot. And then unranked at flyweight, uh, Cody Durden just had a huge win, and now he's got a big fight against the Mokayev kid, who's got who's only five and zero, but people are saying he's is the second champ. coming of Christ. So, 
and then uh yeah um so i would say those are boy, Jefe Molina. jeff Molina. you know that uh, he's someone to look out for as well so yeah there's a lot of a lot of prospects to watch in 2022 and david onama i don't know if i mentioned him already i'm excited to see him too anyways who is the current number one pound for pound fighter on the ufc roster according to the official uh rankings it's kamaru uzman do you agree with that um yeah but i'm gonna pick volkanovsky just because you know volkanovsky man is just clean work besides you know a couple little hairy moments you know but in terms of the point fighting the feints the just the overall game man usman look i'm not saying usman usman's you know Never lost in the UFC, neither as Volk, but I think you could switch them out one and two, man, either one. Um, I think Volkanovski deserves that much credit, man. I mean, the, the type of beat, like, you beat Max Holloway twice. I mean, you see what Holloway's out here doing to people, like, absolutely leaving them in, like, pools of blood and, and <laughs> things like that. So, you know, uh, Volkanovski's my number one pound for pound. Usman, number two. Peter Yan, number three. Oh, yeah, and my boy Matt brought up, we forgot to mention, Hione uh, Barcelos. Well, he's got to get back. He's got to get a win. After he beats this guy, uh, I forget this kid's name, but he's going he's gonna to hurt this uh, Victor, Victor Henry. <laughs> yeah. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Barcelos is undefeated in the UFC. But uh, And Timor, look out for Timor. I got, he's, he's, he's got a good fight, a good who, matchup who for him, again? Jack Shore. Ooh, I, um, I love that matchup yeah. for Timor. Um, for me, my pound-for-pound pound number one um, – I know it's controversial to take Peter Yan because, you know, he doesn't have officially the undisputed belt, but between you and me, he is the undisputed champion. And the way he handles these guys and how well-rounded the performances are, I mean, to, you know, Corey Sanhagen's the output king, and Peter Yan's out there, no problem, five-round stand-up fight, dropping this guy, teaching him a lesson. Aljamain Sterling's the funk master, the the, the fraud master, but, but you know what I'm saying. He's the funk master. He's the the submission king at uh bantamweight don't know disrespect to ronnie Aya. um uh you know what i mean he's he, look he is in where he is for a reason but like the way peter yan outclasses these guys is truly something special and the reason i have him over like uzman is because i love uzman i think he's amazing and he's cleaned out most not all but most of the division but now i feel like he's kind of lapping around yeah. you know fi- fighting george masvidal twice <laughs> fighting gilbert dorino who i respect twice. covington twice it's like uh whereas Covington peter twice. peter yan like right now a lot of people are talking about bantamweight is the hottest division in the sport uh, peter yan's got a hell of a, a lot of contenders on the way and i just love those performances but then you got israel adesanya who's been clean as fuck at, at middleweight man um charles dubronx is doing his thing right now so it's tough, man, but I'm actually going with Peter Yan. Um, I mean, I want to go with John Jones. He's just inactive. Like The reason I want to go with John Jones is because I think if you put any of these guys in the room together and you want to know who's going to walk out alive, it's going to be John Jones. So uh, I know you might say, well, what about Cyril? What about Francis? But um, I, uh, yeah, I think that John Jones is one of the baddest yeah, fucking what? dudes <laughs> to, to ever do this, man. So, uh, But anyways... Um, so we just talked about uh, number one pound for pound fighter on on the roster. So, in your opinion, what's the gym of the year for twenty twenty one? Um, yeah, all of those are good. I, you know, I really don't get into the gym thing that like as much. Um, but yeah, 
San, who's got uh, I guess Trevor and them. Um, what's it? I don't know exactly what the gym's called, but um, I mean he's got two belts. So whether what other coach has two belts? Um, yeah, he's got two. So I mean, at one point, Cejudo's camp had like a million, but who? Two from Cejudo, two from Pitbull. Oh yeah, Bellator. Um, now they got John Jones in there. Yeah, John Figueredo, if he can Figgy. get this belt. Wally Zane came up short. She uh good fight. Um, yeah, but my favorite gym personally has always been fight ready. Um, but I'll say can't pick ATT this year. Um, just because things didn't end so well. But um Sanford, yeah, they got a lot of they're putting out a lot of guys. Another guy I like is uh Jim is um Coach Fernand Gon's coach. Um they only got two guys in the UFC, but you see how those two are doing, Nasser Dean and um and uh surreal gone it's called mma factory yeah um yeah city kickboxing is in there as well always consistent you just gotta pick the the consistent gym oh you know whoever's got the best win percentage but um but what about james krauss is uh yeah you know he's got a he's got a large quantity of guys so you know he he's got guys coming in but you know the, the stakes haven't really been that high yet he's more for coach rather yeah. than jim you know um uh, so yeah i'll really cares. yeah i'll go fight ready neuro force one i think that changed lives um and it's about to be a super camp with jones cejudo and figgy especially when figgy takes his belt back, back. <laughs> and if wiley can win a couple <laughs> fights that, that'll be exciting too all right uh, coach of the year yeah i think trevor just because the two belts um but there's so many good coaches man henry hooft uh coach fernand um james kraus james kraus um aspen's coach um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh no nah, because dude that's the same dude I, he was cornering um he was cornering fluffy hernandez dude when he beat rodolfo uh, um aspen's boyfriend um i just noticed it like a couple of days ago so um, he actually knows what he's talking about you know uh, but yeah i think uh trevor man you know, just two belts. Rose getting her belt back. The consistency with uh, Usman. I would say honorable mention. Eddie Cha, Santino, um, Mike Brown, of course, always. James Krause. Um, James Krause. Henry. Um, say Coach Safe. Oh, Safe Saoud, um, yeah. What's up, Balaz? Uh, Lewis Taylor. That guy's right really Hey, good. shout out to my boy, um, Put the Guns Down Taylor. And the Spanish guy, too. Um, Mike Valley, like the game planning that they did for the uh for the Wonder Boy fight was second eight second and none. You know, so all, all those guys, man. Um a lot of good coaches in the game. So now let's talk about our best bets of twenty twenty one and our worst bets of twenty twenty one. So what would you say some of the best bets you made uh this year were? Um man. Um Giga over Cub, maybe. That was a pretty easy fight. Um, I think he was like minus one something. Um, you know, it was one that you had a bad beat on when you bet Eric Anders like plus 160 against Stewart the first time. Yeah, that was, you know, Eric shouldn't need him. But that, um, that was a good read, though. Yeah. Kennedy over the kid from City Kickboxing. He was a big underdog. Oh, that was like plus 320. Um, yeah. Um, did Blackovich fight Reyes this year or last year? Um last year last year um man i can't give me the card i can't think um, um there's a lot okay. of things um i'm 
I can't fucking type. Vicente Luque over Kiesa yeah, was a great bet. I had him over um, Woodley and Kiesa. Um, Howling and Piva yeah, against Phillips. That's a good him, fight. Yeah, I good had bet. him over. Uh, I had him over Phillips there. Pereira against Nico. Hey, this was you were one of the only people on Macy against uh, Miranda at Dog Odds. Not a robbery. Um, boy Felipe against against. Uh, I don't think it was oh. a split. Muniz uh, against Souza. Yeah, Priscilla against Gina. I mean, this was this was dog money. Phil yeah. Haas against Dacus. Yeah, yeah. You had some good bets. Uh, oh, I didn't see you. You bet Vadim Nekov against Phil Davis. That's a great bet too. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say my best bets of the year was Danilo Marquez against Mike Rodriguez at like well. plus two twenty or some shit like that. Um, Bilal Muhammad plus two hundred against Wonder Boy. Jamal Hill plus one fifty five against Jimmy Crute. Aaron Blanchfield plus 135 against Maverick. Uh, Dominic Cruz at Dog Money against Pedro Munoz. So there's been a lot of bets that have gone my way that I was happy about. And then there's bets that now we talk about the worst bets. And for me, my worst bet set the tone. I mean, Munir Lazez over Worley Alves was just a horrendous, horrific bet. Uh, Dusko over Puna was a disgustingly terrible bet. Um, and then I'm not one to sit here and act like, oh, I got fucked by the judges on Maverick and Barber. I should have fucking taken the dog in a split decision fight. And another one that hurt was San Hagen and TJ, but like Sandy, like, you know, don't play around so goddamn much. I mean, he was doing cartwheel kicks in the field. He was, act, he, he was <laughs> acting like a fucking, he was facing the fence and turning away. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, what are you, what you doing, doing, man? Like, stuff? knee him in the face again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of good ones, a lot of bad ones, and just learn from your mistakes and move on to the next year. Now, here's where it gets fun, our final category. Who will be the UFC champs in each weight class this time next year? So let's start off with it. Flyweight. Um, That's a tough one. Ooh, this time next year, man, that's like three, four fights. Um. Man, that's tough. I'm gonna say it's gonna be between the two guys fighting for the belt, probably. Maybe um Askarov creeps in there. Um mm, I'm gonna go Figueredo, man. I think he gets his belt back. I can't go against the uh, god of war, man. Um I got I think he gets his belt back and they fight again, probably hold, you know, holding up the division even a little longer. But I'm very impressed with uh, Askarov. I think he's improved a, a lot since the uh, the first fight with Moreno. Moreno couldn't even beat him in Mexico. Um, you know, I like Pantoja, but I, uh, I, you know, I see him taking too much damage, uh, you know, against uh, those top, top guys. He already lost to Figueredo and Askarov. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to say Figueredo. I'm going to go uh, Manel Cap, man. I think that he paid his dues early on, and now I think he's about to go on like the kind of streak where he's knocking people out right and left, gets to his title shot, and uh, you know uh, realizes UFC gold. So I'm going to say this time next year, Manel Cap wears flyweight gold. Um, you said what now? He's only number 14. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Bantamweight champion. I think – I mean – Let's just agree it's not going to be, you know, this guy Sterling as champ this time next year. Um, Peter Ann. 
I mean, is there a guy you think that can legitimately beat Peter Yan right now? Nope. Okay. Guess what? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter Yan. All right. Featherweight. There's there's Volk. There's Max. There's Yair. There's uh, Emmett. There's Arnold Allen. There's oh, Giga Chikadze. Uh, there's some guys that can present some serious problems. Movzar um, Evloyev, Teporia, Sodik Yusuf. I mean, shit, what are you thinking for Featherweight, mate? Man. Volk's a hell of a champ. I think he's playing with firefighting Holloway three times already. If I was him, when you're when you're the champ, every fight's fighting with fire because you're fighting the best guys yeah, on planet Earth. But that's fighting firefighter. Like he's got experience as where the other guys, you know, kind of don't in on those high stakes fights. But you know, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be between three people, man: Volkanovski, Holloway, or Chikadze. Um, I think Chikadze is a bad matchup for, for, you know, shorter guys like Volkanovski um, who are already kind of like to fight on the outside. Um, and I mean, if you can't gauge where that left kick is going, I mean, you make a mistake could be over, uh, could be over man real quick. So I think it's between those three guys. I think Chikadze beats um, Qatar coming up here and then, you know, it'll be one fight away from the title. He'll probably have to fight a Yair or a, uh, you know, a zombie or something like that. So, but I'm gonna say, uh, man, it's tough. I'm gonna say Chikaze is the the champ by the end of the year. You know, I, I thought I was gonna be the only one, but uh, look, I mean, I'd love to see a guy like Sodiq Yusuf be active, make his way there. I'd love to see a guy like Arnold Allen be active, make his way there. But it seems like timing wise and where everybody is rankings wise i mean look if you look at the top five holloway's about to fight uh volk so one of them's gonna get the belt ortega's gonna be out for a while yeah year fights once a year i'll do respect he's fucking amazing to watch fight so what i'm hoping is these guys ortega yeah take a year off and then y'all two fight when you come back chance on jung if also fights like once a year, I can't wait to see him. Korean Zombie, one of the most exciting. Calvin Cater is about to give up his top five spot to Giga. So that's going to put Giga, honestly, ahead of all these guys. So Giga's got a better chance of touching gold than, say, Ortega, Rodriguez, or Jung. Then you got the guys like Emmett. Based off his last performance, I don't think he's touching gold. Arnold Allen, super talented, but we still got to see more. Giga might, might be the guy. Stylistically, like... Giga might be the guy. So I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to say Giga Chikadze is the UFC featherweight champion this time next year. Lightweight. So, man, lightweight. Because Charles Oliveira, Benil Dariush, and Islam Makachev, three-way collision. And then waiting in the wings, you got these young, hungry killers like Fiziv, like Gamrot, like Sarukian, like Riddell. These guys are coming. Who who, would you say? (laughs) Joel Jo- Joel Alvarez, like these guys, are, you better make championship weight. But these guys are coming to prove a point. But I would say it's between Dubronx and Islam Makachev for this time next year. I mean, unless you disagree with me, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Islam. Um, it's tough because you know I think it's a two a two headed race. Um, look, the Ga- the Gaethje fight could be tough. I mean, Gaethje's. I mean, that's a tough fight regardless. So, um, oh yeah, Gaethje's there too. Um. You know, it's just, man, if Charles gets on top of him, you know, uh, (laughs) 
I think we know how it's going to end. But, you know, Gaethje cracks him on the chin. I know how that ends, too. But, yeah, I think Islam, man, I've been thinking this for a while, and I and I hate to admit it. But since he fought, I want to say it was Dober or maybe the one before that. I was like, man, this guy is uh, <laughs> going to be tough to beat. I mean, when you got that strong style like that, man, where you could just come out and, and – and just bully a guy and slowly but surely make him quit, man. It's just, it's hard to beat. Not too many, it's going to take years and years to acquire that type of grappling, you know, um, pushback, man. It's just hard for these guys, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Islam. I think, uh, you know, all these guys at the top have had good runs, man, but there's a, there's a new wave coming in at 155. I mean, I haven't even mentioned the other unranked guys. Like, <laughs> like there's so many more, um, and they're coming up as well. But, yeah, I'm going to say Islam. I You're talking about, like, the Ismagula. Yeah, and... like, the Mason Joneses, the Mike Davises. Like, those guys are still green. Like, just imagine another year come goes around. Like, how good is he going to be, you know? Um, Ignacio, like, all these guys, man. Um but, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Islam Makachev just being dominant, man. Like, these fights aren't even – like, he's making these dudes look like like they don't know what they're doing, man. Like, when you're do- like when it's that mud – like, Hooker, look, I know Hooker's not the best, but he's still a, 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 a top 10 guy. You to know? treat him like that. Yeah, to treat him like – to. I was expecting, like, at least a little, you know, you know, a round or two, you know what I'm saying? But, man, I was like – Oh, like he just went out there and just broke the dude, like just twisted his arm up, like. And I think like their their style of sam sambo and their style of grappling. I'm not, you know, I'm not no grappler or none of that, but I don't know. It, it comes across to me as a little stronger than the the typical jujitsu style, and you know, um, I'm excited to see when he fights Charles. Yeah, they can neutralize uh, a lot of things. I uh, I gotta agree with you on this one too, man. I gotta think it's Islam Makachev, but. Charles Oliveira is known to pull greatness out of uh, his out of his back pocket. So don't be surprised if you see some more greatness from him. But as of right now, it seems Islam is trending towards that championship trajectory. Um, Welterweight. Um, So welterweight is interesting because Usman's an amazing champ, but I have an inkling that he's one or two fights away from retirement. I don't I don't think he wants to do this shit anymore. Colby Covington, he might be the number one guy, but he fights once a year. I don't see him. And I actually, as I love the guy in terms of his fighting skills, but I actually kind of think that he might, like, it's going to start to go downhill. because Yeah, yeah, because yeah, now he's going to have to start to fight uh, Himaev and, or Chimaev and all these guys. Vicente. Um, I don't see Leon touching gold unless Kamaru has an off night. Vicente is a dark horse in the division. I think Bilal has slept on a lot. I think people still don't take Bilal seriously. It's like because he doesn't have that like one punch knockout power, but Bilal is a workhorse. Bilal is durable. Bilal can wrestle. Um, I mean, I think that he's I, I think that he's one of these sneaky underdog type guys that can surprise a lot of people. Like no one expected him to make the top five. Um and I, I don't think that's it for him. I think he's in his prime right now. I think he can give a lot of guys. Like, you put Bilal in there with Brady right now, and I got Bilal confidently in that fight. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people would. And, 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 and I'm the guy that bet Brady against Kiesa, too. So it's like like I'm I'm just higher on Bilal than most. I know there might be some bias there, but I, I keep it real. I'm, I've talked to a lot of fighters, and I don't feel that way. I just think that Bilal's super underrated. So I really think that 
welterweight champ this time next year is either going to be Hamza Chimaev or Bilal Muhammad. Whoever wins their fight is going to be the champ this time next year. Yeah, I'm going with uh, either two guys. You know, I agree with the uh, the Usman thing. I think, you know, he's, unless he, uh, yeah, I see like two, three more fights. Maybe this being his last full year in the, uh, you know, at the top of the sport. I see Covington going down. I mean, he keeps talking about he lost, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> like, do you want to know an interesting stat? Uh, t- uh, currently, Colby doesn't have a single win over exactly. a single person in the top fifteen. I know. Like, he needs to beat somebody relevant, man. He just keeps running his mouth and beat Woodley. Like, congrats, man. Um, but I've always felt like Vicente Luque was somewhat of a dark horse, man. I really like this guy's attitude. Like, he, he's a hard worker. He's paid his dues. He's got good wins. Um, definitely took some stumbles against uh, Wonderboy Thompson, but I feel like he came back and, and improved from those, from those fights. Like, this guy's power is top-notch in that division. Um, and, and, you know, that Darce choke game that he's got as well is deadly as well. So he's a good combination of striking, submissions. Um, definitely got to work on that cardio a little bit. I mean, you know, he he knows that but um you know yeah i think it's between him and the my real choices comes at chamaya man like i just haven't seen a guy like, like where it's just man it's just hard when you got that ufc machine behind you and they're just promoting you promoting you and and he actually has the skills to go out there and back it up that that sambo grappling style that i was just talking about like when you can just come out there and just manhandle a man and, and tell him that, like, look, you're going to quit. You know what I'm saying? And, Dana, look. Uh, yeah, like, he's literally, he's picking up Lee Jing Leung. Like, Lee Jing Leung ain't no whole a top 13 guy. Lee, you saw what Lee did to Pons and Zaleski and, and all these guys. Like, he's literally, like, treating him like a, a little child. Like, I think he's going to run. All these guys ahead of them, Kiesa, Brady, Magny, Thompson, George, Bilal, when they get up to like, I think he beats Leon, to be honest, too. But, you know, Leon's a solid fighter. But, you know, once they get up to that top five is when things start to get a little, you know, a little more serious. But I think with one, like maybe one, I I don't honestly don't hate the Magny fight. Like, let's come, let him come out here, finish Neil in the first round. And (laughs) if he doesn't finish Neil in the first round, then we know we need to go a a little slower. But if he finishes, he's going to finish Neil in the first round. (laughs) He's going to finish Neil within two minutes, uh, maybe less than that. But, you know, uh, man, that guy, this is, from what I've been hearing, bro, we already heard about this guy before he, uh, made his made his debut he this kid out on the south east scene he signed with brave um you know brave the promotion and he was from nfc he signs with brave you know thinking he's making good money talking about sid wheeler yeah he's thinking he's he's you know oh i just signed with brave like this you know good promotion like you know he might have been like eight and one eight and two something like that and Guess who he gets matched up with? Um, Kamzat Chemaev. And guess what happened? Sid Wheeler never fought again. So, just, uh, you know, that's just, and Sid Wheeler was a good fighter. Like, good ass like fighter. dude was like solid. Like, and I guess Chemaev did something to him where it just like, so I'd already been hearing inklings of a guy that was making, you know, dudes around here retire. And, uh, I mean, everything I've seen since has just lived up, man. I mean, I haven't seen you come out there and knock Mershard out in 18, 19 seconds, one punch. Um, I, I see this guy being champ, man. I'm not sure if I think this is the last 
like big fight for Usman to to like get a um you know a big pay-per-view type draw um so hopefully this year goes according to plan so you know um we could see that fight man middleweight i mean to me currently i mean the landscape can always change because you do got the imavovs and the muniz is coming up the strickland is doing his thing lately the strict show um I know Brunson's doing his thing, but I don't. I don't see Brunson ever touching gold. Uh, so to me, look, Robert Whitaker. I know he got thoroughly dismantled the first time, but Robert's like such a good fighter that like it, it could be his night one night, man. I mean, the guy could put it all together. I think he's that damn good. I think he is a championship cal- a caliber quality. But this is one of those situations where until I see someone have something for Izzy at middleweight, I, I kind of can't pick him to lose so I, I think izzy is the champ this time next year yeah um yeah i agree like i i see the middleweight division being a good division but a lot of talent but i see three guys you know separate from separate from the others like i think out of sign is the champ clearly whitaker championship pedigree um, you know, kind of let Adesanya get in his head that first fight. I mean, when Whitaker's out here making memes about <laughs> a guy, that means you know, is you know, he's bothered. He's uh, he's upset about something. But uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, the Kelvin situation, and then you know, he you know, it was a bad time for Rob. But I mean, the the went on a nice little streak. Beat Till, beat Cannoneer. The Cannoneer fight was amazing. Um, who else did he beat? That's it. Nah, he, he beat three people. Up. Yeah, three people. Two, Cannoneer, and who else? And um, Kelvin. Gaston. Yeah. Kelvin filled in late, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Whitaker's doing his thing. Kind of, I don't want to say going through the motions, but, I mean, he's just doing his job, winning these rounds. Um, but, yeah, I would still say he's the biggest threat to the uh, – to the middleweight title. But I, I, I consider even guys like Vittori – just steps above like the three, four, five. So like, I don't really see any of those guys being a threat to the title just yet. You know, maybe Strickland down the line, but he's got a he's got a tough fight against Jack. Just can't let this guy get in his head, man. He <laughs> you know, if Jack gets him down. I'm very interested to see what happens. Now, this is the weight class that's going to be toughest to pr- to call, uh, light heavyweight. Look, Glover Teixeira, man, I mean, you're such a beast. Um, you know, tip my cap, the fact that he won the belt at 42, one inspirational story. But keeping the belt, I mean, you got Rockage coming up. You got Yuri Prohaska coming up, and Khalif, uh, Jamal Hill. Like, he's got his work cut out for him, Shaq. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, you know, ever since some certain somebody left that two hundred five division, it just it just got so much better, man. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Glover. I mean, yeah, I was happy when Gustafsson left too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I think, uh, yeah, Gustafsson, man. I hope they rebook that Paul Craig fight. But yeah. um, yeah, Glover, it's gonna be hard to keep that belt unless he proves me wrong again, which he does every single fight. So. <laughs> but I highly doubt he's going to defend this belt all the way up until the end of the year at uh, 42 years old. And I think it's between a few guys, man. I think it's between Yuri Prohashka, Hrachik, and uh, Magomed and Khalif uh, for this year, man. I think um, Jamal Hill will creep up into that top six, seven by the end of the year, you know, set himself up for 2023. But uh, those three, I, I see a realistic chance of making it to the title. I mean, Yuri, 
I'm just going to go ahead and say I think he knocks uh, uh, Teixeira out. Now, the big fight is going to be Yuri versus, I think Ratchik is going to beat Blackovich as well. Um, younger European uh, style. I mean, just the young physical, the physical freak. Just, he's, he's, I think he's going to. You know, do what he does to Blackovich is going to set up the the European battle between Yuri and um and Ratchik. And look, both of these guys have been running their mouths. I mean, well, more so Ratchik. Um, Yuri just acts like he doesn't, you know, acts like the guy isn't uh, worth his time. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I think uh, that's going to be the big big fight. You know, in the two two hundred five division with Ankaliev. You know, right on the horizons. I think Ankaliev beats Tiago Santos. Probably going to be a little tougher, but. Um, still got Lionheart in there. You know, I want to see Lionheart versus um, Jamal Hill, you know, down the line. You know what I'm saying? Uh, main event. So, you know. Yeah, this is tough, man. To me, it's between Yuri Prohaska and Rakic. I, I respect Ankaliev a lot. I kind of. I kind of see Rakic or Prohaska touching gold before Ankaliev. So I see it be, being between those two. And it's like, I want to pick Yuri badly, but he also does fight with his hands down. And there's definitely a chance he can get knocked out at some point. Everybody's got their own flaws. So, we, you know, it is what it is. Anka leave. I mean, the guy's phenomenal, too. He's more meat and potatoes than, than the rest of them. I'd say, you know, Yuri's got his own unorthodox style. Um, Rocket is just kind of more of a physical guy. But Anka leave's got that, you know, that... That, that that Russian coast uh, style, and he can knock guys out too. So that Russian tip and run point mixed in with the <laughs> so the power. Strength. I think Jamal Hill will be fighting for a title either late this year or sometime next year. So I'm gonna go with Yuri Prohaska to be uh, the light heavyweight champion this time next year. But Rakic, uh, you know, close second. Uh, heavyweight here it gets interesting because it's like it's either Francis, it's either Cyril. I mean, but then you got these up-and-comers like Tom Aspinall, who, and the reason I bring him up is because uh, you look at Chris Dacus, and, you know, he had only beat, like, Shamil Abdurakimov all the way. They rush him all the way up to Derek Lewis, and the reason I bring that up is because he beats Derek Lewis, then he's right up there for a title shot. So the reason I say that is because Tom Aspinall, he's got Shamil next. You saw what happened when Dacus beat Shamil. When Tom Aspinall beats Shamil, they're going to put him up here with one of these tests. Tom Aspinall passes one of these tests, whether it's a Derek Lewis, whether it's a Curtis Blades, a Volkov, a Rosenstrike. Tom Aspinall might fight for a heavyweight title too. So I think it's between Nganu, Gan, and Aspinall uh, to be the heavyweight champion this time next year. I'm going with the uh, man, because I hear Francis might be gone, man. Um, if he, not, if he, not if he wins. Not if he wins, but if he loses, he might be gone. <laughs> Might be the next Bellator heavyweight champ. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the safe pick is gone. I don't see anybody else. Uh, I think all, everyone, uh, like Aspinall, you know, he's good. But, you know, I see him stumbling against one of those guys. Um, you know, I think, uh, man, heavyweight, you know, could use some more guys. There's a couple. Um, it's a couple. Yeah, we need to get Walt out of there. We need to get Sakai out of there. We need to get... Um, Sergey Pavlovich, that dude is actually really good. Where the fuck's he um, been? But like, I don't know, like some visa problem. I don't know what the hell is going on. But that dude's hands are vicious. I want to see him fight. He was supposed to fight um somebody good, like ranked. I think I want to say it was Tybora maybe, but he pulled out. But I'm waiting for him to come back because 
his last two fights, I mean, he ran through the dude so quick. Um, so yeah, but I'm gonna say I'll say I'll just say Cyril Gans the the champ at the end of the year. All right, now we gotta talk about women's strawweight. Hey, by the way, is Blanchfield flyweight? Yeah, flyweight. Okay, so strawweight. Um, current champ is Rose Namajunas. Highly doubt she fights Zhang Wiley again because they fought twice. It's probably gonna be Rose versus Carla. Great fight. Unfortunately, my top prospect Yan Xiaonan had such a setback. It's gonna take her a little time to rebuild. Amanda Lamosh uh, has been doing her thing. One big win. She could be right up there. But I'm going to say that Marina Rodriguez ends the year as the UFC strawweight champion. Yeah, I was actually going to pick that as well. My girl Marina turned that corner, man. She's out here, you know, hitting, hitting submission attempts on Mackenzie Dern and yeah, absolutely up. marking her face up and messing up her calves. I mean, Marina, you know, the, the Carla fight, a lot of people don't know if you actually watch that um, – the uh i forget the show behind it but you know marina was going through hell bro like before that fight with carla carla and her whole team her and uh alex perez and cheeto and and uh coach oyama are all on the beach chilling and having a good time and marina's like in the hotel by herself like you know no coaches like oh (laughs) like is there any is there any truth to this yeah it's on the um oh yan jana versus marina rodriguez 272 is that true or not? I have no idea. But I if that's true, that's an amazing fight. But we don't have any confirmation at the moment. Um, if you got, if you got a, a source, let us know. Said it's booked. It might be because I mean, Jaunan versus Marina. That's yeah. fuck. That's amazing. But um, what was I saying? Yeah. So you know, she had a tough time uh, in the lead up to that fight, just the quarantine and all that stuff, and. Um, I think that uh, she, you know, Carla got the better of the the wrestling, but you know, on the feet, we know what happened. Um, but props to Esparza, man. She's paid her dues. She's beaten, uh, you know, a lot of people in this division. The initial champ. Um, so I see. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I think Marina Rodriguez, unless um, Yan Nan can get back on track and and uh, and get this uh, decision, but you know, we'll see. It's gonna be a good striking fight, man. Yeah. All right fly away so the thing with valentina is i mean at at what point does she retire and at what point does she have that off night because all the great champs amanda nunez had an off night recently like all the anderson silva had an off night once against chris weidman like gsp had an off night against matt sarah so it's either valentina retiring or valentina having that off night um if not she's going to be the champ this time next year only person i see being a real fight is Santos. Um, like, I think Santos could, you know, give, you know, um, at least win around. Like, you know, just, Jennifer, Jennifer Maya went around. Um, just don't put up, don't, <laughs> don't pull up Barella. Yeah, you know, just, but I think she's capable at least. I don't yeah, think, yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody else. Well, what about um, Manon Fioro after a couple wins? Yeah, we got to see how she does first. Um, you know, she's fighting that typical test, uh, Jessica I. So, yeah. you know, we're going to see Jessica I. I know she loses, but she's a good um, a good prospect tester, man. She beat Troop, beat VV, beat fucking, you know, some other people. Aaron Blanchfield puts together a couple wins. And, yeah, you know, she, right. nah, she, she might uh, be up there in the mix soon. And then last but not, women's uh, bantamweights. I mean, it's between Nunes and, and uh, Pena. They took my girl GD, GDR out the rankings. I, I, I think GDR is like negotiating a contract yeah, she's or something. Negotiating. 
um carl hosa is seems like the most exciting prospect out of everyone like like if you look at this list holly holm no aspen lad hell no Vieira, no kunitskaya no pennington no misha no sarah mcmahon fuck no shaozan no landsberg no kianzad no then there's carl hosa who i think is an interesting uh prospect slash contender julia vila no normal dumont no so so <laughs> carl hosa i think has the best chance out of all these prospects and then there's obviously amanda and juliana so i'd say it's one of those three um that yeah. becomes the champ i think uh i mean carl rosa has dominated her hasn't lost around in the uh maybe the first fight but she dropped that girl um but i've been very impressed with her um got you know arena she's got that one shot she's got that one hitter quitter you know um but i don't see her actually winning I oh mean, yeah arena too yeah I you about never her. know with these with these you never know man and styles uh, make fights like, styles too. make like she has the power to actually knock people out so you can't sleep on arena um i know holly beat her up you know really good but you know i'm looking i want to see like arena versus aspen you know i want to see you know aspen wait you want to see an aspen lad fight um well i wanted to see her get beat up <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah um i think uh that's the fight i want to see you got v you know viera would be a solid you know top five opponent maybe they could do her and rocky or something um but yeah carol rose has been my number one prospect there's a there's a couple more in there um 35 you got um oh tracy moved down never mind um but yeah carol rose's number one prospect at 35s man sarah mcmahon is next oh are, are they fighting <laughs> yeah. oh my god I, I can't wait for this second round submission for <laughs> after we get stomped on the first round just uh <laughs> Go, <laughs> go, go for the leg <laughs> yeah well man i think we did it uh what a year-end show what a year it was can't wait for 2022 uh, sincerely appreciate everybody's support like guys thank you so much uh do us a favor hit that like button hit that subscribe button share this retweet our tweets let people know we're back and just thank you guys uh very much uh for everything uh any, any words for uh the fans before uh the last you know this is the last episode of 2021 well, you know, 2022 is literally like next week, but yeah. at the same time, yeah, man, um, I appreciate all the love and support. And, you know, although we don't respond to it all the time, trust me, man, it is uh, appreciated. So big time. So guys do us a huge favor, uh, subscribe to half the battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. Um, and yeah, let people know that you're a half the battle fi- uh, fan, share this, like it, retweet it whatever the case may be and then also shout out to our sponsor price picks i think it's the easiest funnest simplest way to make money on daily fantasy sports so use the code uh, battle for an 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars at price picks thank you guys very very much i hope you all have a very happy and safe new year uh look out for my bets on half the battle on twitter bet mma tips uh we'll be back for the next event which is giga chikazi versus calvin cater and i just plan to put out a lot more content throughout the year so very excited about that thank you all again for the support follow him at mma genius 05 follow me at best fight picks um and until the next time let's cash these bets